Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is January 4th, 2024. Time is 5.47 p.m. And joining me is Harold. Harold is the closest person I've interviewed so far here at the Hive Life Convention. Harold, you're from Tennessee. That's correct. So you're local. Yes. And you've been beekeeping for 11 years. That's right. All right, first question I got for you. What is the biggest mistake you have made as a beekeeper? Hmm. Starting out, when you started out, what was the thing where you, you know, you just been kicking yourself for all these years? I really don't have one of them. Really? No. Okay. No. <laughs> you know, I've took it, took it by the cuff and just kind of, well, you learn from your experience and you mm-hmm. learn what you do. And, and I think everything graduates as you go. The more you put into it, of course, the more you get out of it. But, uh, you know, there's been some mistakes, there's been some failures, but it's all been learning curves. And that's the way I have to look at it. So learning curves. So a lot of people that are going to be listening to this episode are people that are going out searching the internet and they want more information about beekeeping. They're thinking about getting into it, stuff like that. For the new person, the new beekeeper, someone who's thinking about getting into this, what's the best piece of advice you could give them? Uh, grow gradually. When you get started in bees, grow gradually learn all you can learn find one of the better beekeepers in your area and help him or her work with them learn how they move learn how they react around their bees learn what they do why they're doing it what's the timing why they're doing it at that time uh uh, certainly in beekeeping timing is is very crucial and if you know the times when you can do things, you can do things at that time that ordinarily other times you could not get by with. So learn from other people that are successful. Now, not just going to bee meetings or watching YouTubes or, or uh, you know, go to, to speaking classes or things like that. Get with an individual and learn from that individual. Uh, fortunately, I've had some, some good beekeepers around me in my life since I've been beekeeping. And uh, uh, they've, taught me, they've taught me a lot of things. We, we communicate regularly and, you know, we share things all the time. So that is very, very important to me. Uh, one of the things that, that, that I credit to uh, learning how to make honey is from one of the local guys around me that, uh, uh, and I tell this story a lot because it is true and it's very important that people understand it. When I tried to start making honey and I couldn't do it, I was told to find a good beekeeper, just as I've telling you all, 
find a good beekeeper, get with them, and learn from them. So a good friend of mine, Charlie, uh, that lives over in Eljoy, and uh, I got with Charlie, and I got his phone number, and we talked a lot. And I'd call him day after day, and I said, what have you been doing today, Charlie? And he said, well, I've been putting on honey supers. And I think, oh, tomorrow I'm going to put on honey supers. So the next day I'd go and do the same thing Charlie did. And at the end of the year, I had harvested a good deal of honey. And I went back and told Charlie, I really appreciate what you've done. And he said, I ain't done nothing. I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, you didn't know it, but I was in your back pocket. Right, following yeah. his lead the whole way. <laughs> right. So, so that's how you do it. I mean, that's how i done it. I'm not saying that's how you got to do it. But I just followed his lead and whatever he'd done. And, if you know, I would kind of catch up the next day from him. And, and uh, of course, Charlie's done real well uh, with his bees, and he, he's been a be good beekeeper and a good mentor to me. He's been really taught me a lot. I appreciate him. So, what was your what was your big motivation to get into the bees and get into the beekeeping? Okay, so a lot of people don't know this, but um, several years ago I had an accident. Um, I had a, about a seventy pound piece of steel hit me in the top of the head. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, it knocked me out and it pushed three of my toes through my sock on my right foot. Two of my toes came through my sock on the left foot from the impact. And uh, it uh, done brain damage and I have brain damage, Meniere disease and have seizures. And if you know anything about the Meniere's disease, it's uh, progressively getting worse. I'm at the 70% loss now in my left ear. Uh, and it's just getting worse as you know, and, and I can't dwell on that. I got to go forward So but anyway after about three years of the doctors working with me. They told me we're done Essentially, you know, we've done all we can do right? Okay, and and I was tired of it I mean it seemed like it was every week twice sometimes three times a week this doctor that doctor narrow doctors and you know, I'll just uh, it was enough. It was enough. And uh, so they sent me home and they told me, we've done all we can do. And within two weeks, you will be in a wheelchair, provided you don't get a hobby. And I said, well, you know, I like to fish and hunt. And my doctor, I remember him looking me in the eye and said, you're not going to feel like doing much of that. You need to find something to stay busy. So my wife had recently received as a gift a colony of bees from our neighbor. That's a weird thing to gift somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I looked, you know, I had my knees on the couch as like a little kid and I was looking out the window and I studied for about a week and a half. What am I going to do? What am I gonna, how am I going to stay active? What am I going to do to stay busy? And, 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 you know, it just day after day, I just couldn't think. I couldn't even phantom to think that I'd become a beekeeper. But I just, one day I saw those, that box sitting out there, those bees flying in and out, and it intrigued me. It was like, here I am. I'm your tomorrow. I'm your next week. I'm your next year. And I asked my wife, I said, where's your inspector's jacket? Because they were her bees, essentially. I did nothing with the bees. Right. I would build her equipment, I'd put her frames together, I'd paint her boxes, I'd done all that, but I'd set it out there for her and she worked her bees. 
She said, what for? I said, where's your inspector's jacket? She said, what for? I said, I'm going to get in those bees. I bet you loved that idea at first, huh? And, you know, she had a good stand of bees. She had the, uh, um, we, we used to call them, uh, uh, there was a Carolina bee, I can't think of the name of it right now, Starlights, I believe was the name of them. But anyway, they was a good bee. And I started working in them and I started splitting colonies from her colony and ended up with like 14 colonies. Oh, from wow. Her, yeah, and, 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 and it just all happened over one year. And you're seeing it. it was a mess. It was hilarious. <laughs> I had deep frames, and then I have a medium frame, and I have a shallow frame, and I have another deep. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was doing something. Right. You know? And I could tell this was honey, and this was pollen, and I could tell this was brood, and this was brood, and this was honey and pollen mixed with. And I'd say, well, you got to have a little bit of this, and you need one of these, and you need one of these. And it didn't matter if it was deeps or shallows or mediums. I just stuck them all in a deep. A nuke box and then just put a lid on them and they successfully made it a queen and I took them to winter and then next spring you know people come up and say wow look at all the bees you got and I'm like yeah I don't know what I'm doing but it's happening it's happening you know <laughs> and it, it, it's it's going good so then I started trying to educate myself trying to learn and try and with brain damage here's something a lot of people don't understand but with brain damage I have to, if you read it one time, you get it. I might would have to read it five times or I might have to listen to it five times before, I, before it can go in, before I can take it in. So this ain't been an easy challenge. It's not been an easy task. It's worked my brain. Uh, it, it's, it's taught me a lot of patience. It's taught me, you know, uh, you know, last year's loss or this year's gain. Okay, because 11 years ago, I was at Laws, and it didn't look good for me. You know, I mean, wheelchair don't look good for nobody. No, huh? But, uh, uh, but anyway, that gain, I gained from building off of that. And if I lose a colony beast, which I don't like to lose, but I just look at it, well, this year's loss is next year's gain. If I can save my equipment, save my comb, save all that stuff. And I just have a different outlook on it than what a lot of other beekeepers do is because I know this is what's keeping me going. I know this is, you know, kind of holding me together at the time. Now, as far as that issues that I have, uh, I wear out quick. You know, I get hot and I get tired real quick. I have a lot of issues, but that's not to say I want to sit down and quit. You know, I'm, they motivate me. Uh, if we only knew, if we just knew what bees can do, uh, I advise anybody that's having problems with PTSD or any kind of neural problems, anything, get involved in beekeeping. There's something about the aroma from the bees that's just so soothing, so fast satisfying. It's just like you chill and it, it just takes the edge off of you. It just really, it's really beneficial. Been a, a great help to me in my life and the problems that I have. I mean, it's really been, it's been awesome. That's awesome to hear. Now you did, yeah. you did say, you did touch on something that I'm curious about. So you mentioned how the bees select, they selected a new queen. How, how do they do that? How do they determine who's gonna be the new queen? How has that process happened? Okay, so, so what I see in, in the bees, if, if I don't graft a cell into them or a, a, a larvae into them, 
you can, there's multiple ways you can do, get them to select a certain egg, but they go by age of the egg or larvae. They go by that and they choose whichever one that's at that right age and they'll select that and then they'll start feeding it royal jelly. And it will be, it and a drone are the only full-size bees in the box. Your workers, of course, you're, you know, there's several different duties there. You've got, uh, you've got your nurse bees and you've got your, uh, of course, foragers, but you also got uh, uh, housekeepers, undertakers. Just, they have all different kinds of duties for 21 days inside the box. So mostly is your nurse bees who's going to uh, start drawing out and working on the queen cells. A lot of your young bees will do that and they'll feed the royal jelly. So just a regular worker bee will receive only enough royal jelly to become a worker bee. But a drone or a queen will receive more royal jelly. So it's by the nutrition. So, and I like to speak in parables when I talk so people really understand it. So when we was children, we had to eat our vegetables and we had to eat our greens and had to drink our milk. And, and because mama knew that we had that have that nourishment to have strong bones and good muscle tone. So uh, with that thought process in, in mind, when, when you look at a honeybee, if they're fed the proper amount of royal jelly, they'll be good, good strong bees. Now you can have a variancy. I'm just learning, I'm learning more about bee nutrition than I've ever learned before in my life after this year that we've had a real bad year of, of nectar flow. But you can have problems with uh, the lack of nutrition in your hives that causes the lack of royal jelly. And then your bees don't live as long. So bees essentially usually live 42 to 45 days. Right. And, uh, and if, it's, if there's a lack of nutrition, the bees may not live at 38 days. Okay, so you're cutting them short. So it's like uh, the same comparison with our lives. If we've had the proper nutrition, we grow up and be healthy. Or if you see people that's sickly their whole life, maybe they didn't have the proper nutrition. You know, that's what my mindset thinks, you know. And uh, so they select, to get to the answer, they select the, the larvae, the correct size larvae, and they'll start working on that. Maybe one, they maybe select five, six, eight, or ten. So is it kind of like they, they'll select a bunch and work them up till they figure out which one's best and then... Okay, so... Because you only have one queen right. per hive. So what happens is uh, the majority of the time that I've seen is if... Personally, I, I do things a little different than a lot of people. When they make queen cells now that I know that they can start swarming off of those, I'll go in and remove all the queen cells out of the colony but two. Okay. And when the queen, the virgin queen comes out, a lot of people has never heard this before, but, and she detects another virgin or another queen in the box, she'll start piping, okay? It's a racket that they call piping. And she'll pipe to find the other queen that's in there and they'll do battle. Oh, okay. And one will kill the other queen and whichever one wins will fly out and mate and come back and be the queen of that box. So that's, Kind of shortcut, but you know that's kind of how that works. So, in in all your years of doing this, I mean, you're very knowledgeable about this. What is one thing you learned about the bee that just blew your mind? Like that one factor, that one thing you discovered, and you're like, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing ever. Probably not one, but me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's 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 many things that really. Uh, 
has really decapitated me. It just took me, just one of the things that, that I'm, I'm now working on is bee nutrition. And I'm learning a lot about the bee nutrition. And it's just, a, it's just amazing. Uh, the shortfall that I've gave the bees in years past and they forgave me, you know, that I've just not took care of them like I really ought to have. You know, this past year I bought 3,000 pounds of sugar. That's a lot of sugar. Yeah, that's a lot of sugar. But we didn't have any nectar flow. Uh, essentially our fall flows has gotten down to hardly anything. We get some pollen, you know, from the asters, goldenrod, and such things as that but we're not getting much nectar. We're having dry spells when we need some moisture so we can get some nectar out of those plants. The, po the, the plants are still producing pollen, but they're not producing the nectar like they used to. And so I've upped my game on saying, okay, it's time. You know, they're not getting nectar. They're not filling these cells up. So I need to start supplement feeding at this time and I need to feed till I get this amount of weight on them so I know that they're they're good shape to go to winter. You know, I told my wife last year in January, and it's about this time of the year, we're sitting on, uh, she's sitting on the couch and I sit in a chair, and my mind just constantly works. And I, uh, it's just, like I say, it's just all, the, it's really took me to a different place in my life. It's, it's, I call this my second chance. You know, I mean, I, I should have been dead. 70 pounds piece of steel hits you in the head, you ought to be dead. Right, yeah. You know, and, and I, I say, well, this is my second chance. So, so when I, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking on these things, and I, and I just turned to my wife and I said, you know what? I messed up. She said, what'd you do? What's wrong? I said, I just now put the math to it, and I just now realized I didn't feed near enough last fall. It's January. There's nothing I can do about it now. Right, because they're done for the year now. It's done. What's done's done. I lost eight colonies last year. How many colonies do you have total? 73, somewhere 72, 73 colonies. Wow. And, and I get asked this question a lot, and I'll throw this out there. They say, and you have brain damage, manure disease, and seizures, and you're running 72, 73, maybe sometimes 75 colonies. You can't be hurt too bad. But, let me share something with you. When you're injured and you're not capable of doing things the way other people do them, you have to be innovative. You've got to think, how can I do this and it make it easier on me and I can go through this quicker because heat really bothers the manure disease real bad. I get, I get uh, pitchy, my feeding's not good and I'm unstable. And, so the Meniere's disease, I reckon, is, is what's causing that. But, uh, so I need to get through my hives and be done with that before it gets real hot. So uh, there's some ways that I have come up with and, and little shortcuts that I've learned. And, and I love to share that with people because anybody, you know, if, if I were healthy, 300 colonies would be what be my go. Right. And, and 500 would not be too far out of sight for one person. I mean, if you got one person helping you, would be great. But 300 right. certainly would be fine. So let but, me, I really was interested in this Hives for Heroes stuff that, that you guys have going on there. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, just recently, uh, Dustin Wiggins from Hive Life here introduced me to the Hives from Heroes. 
Uh, I had heard about them. Some of my friends in Chattanooga had told me about them. They'd read some articles about them. And, uh, and you know, I was a little reluctant to reach out because I'm the type of person, I want to be on the giving end, okay? I'm just that way. I, to take something, it just, uh, it's hard for me to take. You know, I, I want to be the giver. I'd rather be the one that's sharing something with somebody rather than somebody trying to help me. So that's just who I am. I, you know, I guess I've just grown to adapt to that part in me. Uh, and so I never reached out to him until Hive Life, you know, here in the last few months as we've been communicating. And uh, I've learned that they are doing a wonderful work. They're helping people, uh, you know, be active, you know. Okay, so uh, when I say active, I have to think about this. But the body was made to move, okay? And so when you quit moving the body, then it starts shutting down. It starts deteriorating. So anytime you can get somebody up and, and you can get them moving, get them active in something, it does a lot more things than just keeps their body going. It gives them hope, okay? A lot of people don't have hope. But this gives them hope. And it, it puts it inside. It puts it in their, their rim of view. They can see the hope that they have, that they've got something to do. You know, it, it just, I, and I can't speak well enough about them. I mean, these guys are working together to uh, people that's, you ought to just see some of that stuff. It's unbelievable. If you're in a wheelchair, they've got a hive that you can work in a wheelchair, out of a wheelchair. Hmm. It's unbelievable. So, how are they doing their business operation? Are they are they bringing the hives to the vet, like the injured veterans and stuff, or how how exactly are they doing it? I don't know how they interact with that. We've not discussed that, um, but I do know that there's people reaching out to them. Okay, you know, like wanting to know if they have any piece of equipment that might help ease them. You know, and 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 I've even sat down and developed things. You know, to, to, for me, you know, because I, I, as, a, you know, as things progressively goes away and gets worse, I'm seeing it, you know, come to the point where that I can't do this as well as I used to. So I'm going to need some assistance now. Right. And, and so it's, I mean, you know, and, and all of us are prideful. All men are prideful. We all got our pride. But laying my pride aside, I feel like, okay, so... I'm not just doing this for me, okay? There's other people out there that's not handicapped, but they're unable. You know, I have a friend, she's 81 years old. We've made music with her for years around her and her husband. We've known for a long time. She's 81 years old, keeping bees. She's lost her husband. And she's like, you know, if I had something that helped me lift them supers of honey, you know, it'd be so much help. I mean, you know, you can't always rely on your neighbor, your granddaughter, right. or somebody to be there. And even if they want to get into bees. So I'm like, I'm not only just doing this for me, but if we can develop something or make something to where we can help elderly people that wants to keep bees. She's 81. 81. I've got a friend that's nearly 81. You know, he's been beekeeping 57 years. And his health is just going down that he's not strong enough to lift boxes anymore. So it's not just for disabled people, but unable people. You don't have to have a disability to be unable. And, and so my goal is to kind of in, incorporate that, 
not just in the people that's disabled, but unabled. So is that the so, product you have in there? Because I yeah. was walking by, I saw it looked like a, uh, it almost looks like an engine hoist with yeah. something different on the on the front of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what that does is, is uh, uh, mine, because I, my, my biggest problem that I have is, is, is lifting the supers of honey, like her. You know, she's 81 and she's female, so she has problems lifting supers of honey. Instead of having to just pull four frames out and put it in another box and lift that box off and then go to the next one, do the same thing and do what I need to do and put it all back together. I said, I've learned some shortcuts, you know. So now I have this piece of equipment and I just take the lid off and if they're full of honey, I know they're full of honey, that honey needs to come off. Then I just scoot that up over there, drop it down and I lock it in place where it grabs two supers you pump the jack up and it jacks it up. You can put your escape board on, lower those two supers back down, put the lid back on it, pull out your hive lifter, go to the next one, do the same thing. You're essentially doing all that work with a whole lot quicker and a whole lot less effort. Right. So shortcuts is what you know has enabled me to be able to continue to work 50 to 70 colonies, you know. 70, I think 73, 75. I've been to as high as 148, and I tell you, I can't do it. I, do, I, I can't do it. I had help at that time, and, and, uh, and you know, no, no shame, no blame there. Uh, the gentleman's wife said she's wanting to start beekeeping, so he had to stay home and make her boxes and build her frames <laughs> and, say, and paint and stuff, you know, for her. And, I guess and, that would qualify as a real honey-do list, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we got about we got a couple minutes left. I got something I want you to try. And this I don't know if Jay mentioned this. I've been giving out giving this to everybody that's been on here with me. This is this is something. So we're in the survivalist preparedness community, right? Okay. And like nutrition packed dense things, self or shelf sustainable things, or yeah, like, like freeze dried food. So we, I got into this, and I want you to try it. It's bee bread. Okay. So try it while we're while we're you know recording here. Let me know what you think of it. If you need me to open it for you, I can. They're kind of tough packaging. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pull my switchblade out for this one. <laughs> I don't even carry one now. I got it. <laughs> hmm. I love getting people's reactions from it because they're honest, true reactions. <laughs> a little bitter. It is. I, I get like almost like a sourwood taste mm. out of it. Yeah, we get a lot of sourwood honey, so. Okay, so this taste. <clears throat> wow. It's a little dry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this tastes like... Um, <clears throat> The aromas that come from the comb. Okay. Okay. So, so I mean, this is educational. Okay. Okay. Because now I know what I'm smelling. Okay. Instead of, a, I'm thinking it's soured comb, it's bee bread. So, <clears throat> I'm sure this is probably healthy for you. Oh my God, it's so nutrient dense, it's unreal. Yeah. And that's why I started taking it. And you got all these people online saying, oh, it does this or it does that. I didn't get all these effects that everybody said. But I'll tell you what, I started taking this about a week and a half in. 
I had like this boundless energy. Like I couldn't sit still. I wanted to get up and move and do things. I just couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't sit there. I wanted to get up and go, right? Not like antsy, shaky energy, but just I want to go do stuff. I don't want to right. sit here. That leveled out at, at about two weeks, that leveled out. And then what ended up happening was extreme mental clarity. I'm forming sentences better. I'm thinking faster. Oh, well. I'm not stumbling over my words. How many cases words. that you got here? <laughs> I need some of that. <laughs> so all the information is on here. I mean, it is, it is packed full of everything. The reason mm. I started taking it, I'm on a very unique diet that doesn't give me all my nutrients. And this kind of filled the gaps for that. And I'm like, well, let me try it and see what it does. And I'm not out there like these bodybuilders, like it's right. the best thing you'll ever take. But I have noticed the mental clarity and the energy. And I'm like, you know what? Just the mental clarity is all I need to keep taking it. Right, <laughs> right. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you could you could take that with you. I got to grab another bag out of the truck if you if if you if you like it or, oh, or yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, the benefits of it is what I like. Right. That. The first initial taste was kind of, <clears throat> you know. Right. There's nothing wrong with it. So I eat certainly. three of those a day. Okay. One in the morning, one at about lunchtime, and one after dinner, you know, and I, I'll just keep that going. But what's crazy about that is, is I was really hoping that maybe, so that's, that's they make this from like one family-owned bee farm. And I was hoping that person might be sneaking through here and I'd give it to them, like, and just see what would happen. Hmm. <laughs> But um, Harold, we got a couple minutes left here. If there's anything you want to tell the listeners, any advice or anything you think they should know, now's the time. Well, you know, uh, there'll be a lot of people watch videos and, and watch probably this um, sometime uh, within the next 10 years. And, and I like to encourage everybody, even if you're not gonna keep bees, support your local beekeepers. Uh, I don't have to say that to any the people that you know around me directly around me because we we've had a lot of support we, you know we've had people call us and say look you want to put some hives on our property feel free to we'd love to have bees here and that's support to me you know but support your local beekeepers um, hive life is uh, still live and is still doing well we're uh, looking forward to years to come hoping that everything's uh, everybody can stay healthy and everybody can stay going good. Uh, if you get a chance, come and, come and visit the Hive Life. Uh, it's very, very educational. Uh, yesterday evening, late yesterday evening, we met Destin at the motel and we went over a few things. I was sitting there talking to a, a, a fellow beekeeper that's from Canada. And I'm like, Canada, I can't learn much from Canada. And then all of a sudden he comes across some stuff and I'm like, whoa, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I already learned something. Hive life ain't even started. That's awesome. You know, I mean, so even if you're not a beekeeper, you know, support beekeeping somehow, some way, and uh, you know, because essentially we need them, and 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 in my life I need them because I really feel like that's you know what the importance of my life is now to to keep bees, and I teach and I try to. I have problems with that. Sometimes I have a seizure and, 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 and I draw blanks and I just have to quit, you know. Uh, but I enjoy teaching and I enjoy sharing with people. You know, I just heard from one of my students from this past spring. And it just blesses my heart. You know, they're like, oh yeah, we put all four colonies to winter. They're all doing great. They're looking good. And just, just, you know. So I tell my wife, I'm like, you know, 
I must have done my job because they didn't call the first time after they got their bees. They, they came for their classes. We went over what we could with them and they successfully got them into winter. You know, now if they can bring them out of winter. So, you know, it's kind of like, that's me giving back. You know? Right. So I'm asking people that, you know, around the world, give back to the beekeepers. They're doing a wonderful job and we need the bees. We've got to have them to pollinate. Absolutely. So just keep that in mind. When you go to Lowe's and get that spray, don't be spraying around the bees. <laughs> Stay away from that because you're hurting us, you know. Or when they're, you know, just be mindful. Be mindful of that, that somebody might have bees around. Right. And that could be dangerous to them. Uh, and it can be detrimental to the bees and it can be heartbreaking to the beekeeper. You know, I, you know, I'm crazy and everybody knows that. All right, but them's my girls. Them bees are my girls. I understand. I mean, it's just like, you got a dog, that's your dog. You know, when that dog calls up on the couch, that's your girl, that's your boy, well, that's your dog. Well, when my bees fall out of the hive and they die, that's my, that's my girls. And it's heartbreaking to see that. I've had that to happen this year a couple of times where they sprayed, so. Just keep it in mind that, you know, we're trying to do the best that we can do and, and work with us, you know, support your local beekeepers. And, and if you get a chance to come to Hive Life and we can continue on, uh, come, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's already been fun for me. It's I've been really it's, enjoyed it. It's been really fun for me. Every time I turn around, B-Man Jay's throwing someone at me like, here you go, here yeah. you go. And I'm like, uh, so I haven't even really spent any time in there yet. I'm having a good time. So, so one thing I might say is my wife is a prepper. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. There's so, the connection. So you need you need to talk with her. She does uh, uh, preservings. She freezes and preserves, and then freeze dried now. Oh, she does okay. the freeze dry foods, and it's it's fabulous. Uh, nutritional wise. Uh, for our health, we grow pretty much what we eat or we buy a cow every year, you know, to put in the freezer and we eat that. And um, we try to stay away from a lot of the, you know, processed foods if we can. Uh, it's, it's really been, it's really been tough, but you know, it's, I think it's really helped us. I lost like 33 pounds in 15 weeks. Uh, A1C came down. Uh, Triglycerides, sugars come down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's like uh, feel different, feel better, and food even tastes better now because I'm not loading it all up with sugar. You know. All right, I understand. Right. Oh, yeah. So. Well, Harold, I'll tell you what, we're going to get out of here. I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And if you want to plug anything else before we're out of here, no, I can't think of anything. Just uh, keep up the good work. We appreciate uh -huh. what you do too. Thank you. All right, man. Action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, 
Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.